Welcome to Falcons Drip, your go-to source for Falcons news and draft coverage. I'm Thon Ray, founder and voice of Falcons Drip. As always, I'm joined by my co-host Jeff. Ferg couldn't make it today. Another day under the weather for Ferg. Today we're going to take a look at the Buccaneers game. Um, we're going to talk about it and just generally we're going to talk about the good stuff that did happen and mark my words for all of you haters, all the people that are just very pessimistic. There was a lot of good things that did happen. Um, and then we're going to talk about the bad because, you know, that's, you know, that's going to happen. You know, everyone's not going to play perfectly um, every game. And there were a lot of mistakes. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of things that we need to fix. There's a lot of things that we need to work on. But we're also going to talk about how to fix those things because, it doesn't do us any good just to talk about the bad stuff and not address why it happened or what we can do to, to make it better. So Jeff, what did you think overall about the game we watched? Well, like you said, there, there was a lot of good. I think it's easy to focus on the final score and some of the mishaps during the game and say, we're, we are dreadful. Right. But end of the third quarter, it was 28, 25, three point game Mm -hmm. against the defending champions. And who returned everyone. Returned everyone. Fantastic coaching. Like they're the whole deal. And three point game and we had a bunch of mishaps getting to that point and we were still in the game. Mm-hmm. So that a lot to, to like and but like you said, there's definitely some some negatives that need to be cleaned up. And you know, I, I watched it and was like, Oh boy, here we go again and then I saw, you know, it almost seemed like we slowly got the rust off and, and the, our wheels started to turn and turn and turn and turn and turn and turn and turn until uh, finally the wheels fell off. But like you said, it, it was a great, I, I really enjoyed it. I was screaming and jumping and yelling and hooting and hollering watching this game. Um, it was a lot of fun until the fourth quarter, I'd say. But overall, like you, we got you got to recognize the improvements and hopefully we continue to see that as the game goes along. Yeah, and I think they did a great job of getting Pitts involved, Ridley involved early. I mean, obviously Patterson did a great job again two weeks in a row, and mm-hmm. and they showed a lot of balance with the run and pass. They had a good mix this week versus last week where it felt like all we did was run the ball and couldn't get mm-hmm. the pass going to save our life. And they did a good job getting it out of Matt Ryan's hands quickly. You saw some some bubble screens, like to Gage had a couple just to get it out of his hands and didn't have to worry about the offensive line holding up for too long. So, Yeah, and I would say overall the offensive line looked better. Um, They still weren't great. It was a really tough defense to kind of be going up against, Uh, but it was improved. Overall, everyone across the board improved. Yeah, I I would say definitely the, the offensive line was improved. It really helped, I think, schematically that they weren't trying to do too much. I mean, I think I only saw a, a few play action and a few of the deeper drops, like five, seven step drops. They really focused on the three step drops. I and you know, I'll, we'll talk more about Matt Ryan as we get al- go along further with the good. But Cordell Patterson once again just absolutely showing up. Yeah, and he did he he did it all right. So he did a great job receiving. He did an all right job running. Had the the, the one touchdown running, and, mm-hmm. and he did show up and block too, which you need to do if you're going to be a, a running back in the NFL. And he had one return for 27 yards. Yeah, he tore it up. Another great game, another positive showing from Patterson. Um, I have to say, that though, and we talked about this briefly right before the podcast, Mike Davis looked good, too. I mean, it's a stout defense, and he averaged 4.2 yards a carry. Yeah, he, he did his job, right? I don't I don't mm. think that 
he was wowing anybody, but he he got the yards that he needed to get, and he had a, did a good job catching the ball. Like again, not nothing crazy, but there are plenty of guys who can't do what he did. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about another offseason addition we added and that was lee smith lee smith looked so good blocking out there there were times he was one-on-one pass blocking against shaq barrett and he shut shaq barrett down shaq barrett didn't have a single pressure on him and it wasn't just shaq barrett he was blocking he was blocking all sorts of different defensive linemen and just completely neutralizing them i mean you can't even say that for most of our offensive linemen yeah, and that doesn't show up on the stat sheet, so it's it's good that it's noticed. And Yeah, I loved what he brings to the table. And we talked last week a little bit about, okay, how are we going to address this offensive line issue? And part of, what, part of what we said is having you know somebody stay in the block, and Lee Smith is the perfect man for that job. Yeah, and it definitely showed up. Like You could see that we were a lot more successful passing the ball, and that, that comes with ch- changes like that. And those are the type mm. of changes we need to see implemented week to week that help this team grow and get better and help Mac get more comfortable in this offense as well. And, you know, Lee Smith did have one catch for nine yards that he kind of fell forward on. <laughs> but that's, <laughs> that's not what he's there to do. He's going to make those catches. He's going to fall forward and get yards. We're not expecting him. We didn't bring him in for that. We brought him in the block, and he did a heck of a job doing it. Now, we also got to talk about the receivers a little bit. I mean, Obviously, can't talk, not talk about Kyle Pitts. His acceleration, he caught a pass one-handed, and then the catch wasn't even the most impressive part. It was how fast he got from 0 to 100 and just accelerating through. He he showed that he can pick up yards in bunches. Julio who? <laughs> not yet. Julio had a heck of a game this week. I know he no. did. I was just kidding. But... <laughs> oh. Kyle played great and led the team in receiving. Mm-hmm. 73 yards and six targets, five catches. But, you know, Calvin Ridley also did his thing too, and he also looked good. And I don't want to talk about those guys too much because I don't want to overshadow the catch that Christian Blake had. I mean, it was just absolutely fantastic. And he got lit up, and this was in the two-minute drill, I believe. We were trying to go down the field and kick on a field goal, and he caught this pass. And he got hit, crushed in the head, helmet to helmet, and he held onto the ball. It was still a 15-yard penalty either way, but it was just an, an incredible catch, and I just didn't want anyone to forget about that because there's so much happening in this game that that could easily be overlooked. Yeah, I don't know. It's great. It's it's good to see, and as you know, I'm a big fan of his, so I was happy to see him get out there and make a great play and, and help them go get some points right before the half. Mm-hmm. Now, defensively, talking about the good stuff, like – Dante Fowler completely turned it around from last week. Yeah, he he brought a whole intensity that I don't know that we've seen him have in Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, he amazing sack on Tom Brady that forced the fumble. And then he had, uh, even in the fourth quarter when they're down, he ripped Fournette down. from. <laughs> it looked like he just jumped from off the ropes <laughs> on mm. the screen and ripped Fournette down. He looked great, and you know I'm I've been very hard on Dante Fowler just his overall performance, but he looked amazing, and that's good offensive line he was going up against. Yeah, great offensive line, and you know the one sack was definitely great. Now we can't talk about defense. You know these linebackers played well. Dion had a sack. Foyer punched the ball out. Unfortunately, it went out of bounds. But I have to say the defensive player of the game for me was AJ Terrell. Like he just 
you know, he did have that one miscue pass interference call, but he was making some ridiculous PBUs, pass breakups. Yeah. No, it's too bad he had the concussion because he was a big part of why it was a three-point game at the end of the third. He played great. Made some game-saving plays. Yeah, and it's definitely not the reason that the game fell apart in the fourth quarter because there were a couple pick sixes, and but he's definitely a big reason it was close. Mm-hmm. Him, yes. And my other defensive MVP was uh, Foye. I thought Foye was, did a great job of being hmm. in a lot of places. Yeah, he made a lot of tackles. Like you said, had the forced fumble. Um, it seems like he's starting, you know, he did switch from outside linebacker to Mike, and it seems like it's taking him a little bit to get going, but we're starting to see it now in week two. Yeah, and I know you must have been happy. It seemed like they, they switched how they're using their linebackers up, at least for this week, and Michael Walker was out on the field a little bit more, which I know you've been wanting to see. And A little fr- bit more. It freed Dion up for some more rushes. I noticed that when he was on the mm-hmm. field, they used Dion a little bit more in the pass rush. Yeah, he was on the field a little bit more. Not as much as I would like to see, but it seemed like in third and longs he was getting in. So, All right, and then lastly, too, I just want to give Javion Hawkins a shout-out because he did end up getting a little more playing time and seemed to look good back there. But that wraps it up for the good. Now we do have to talk about you know the bad stuff and what needs to be fixed. And I want to start off by just talking about, you know, look... I want to start off by by saying this. The final score was 48 to 25. So naturally, you look at the box score, you say, holy cow, the Falcons gave up 48 points. Two of those were pick sixes. Another one, there was an interception. They were put in a bad spot. And then there was like two muffed punts, two just awful punts that put them, put the offense in in good field position. So I, I, I wouldn't say, I would say probably about four touchdowns was not necessarily the defense's fault. Either put in tough situations or they didn't even have an opportunity to, to make a stop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But So I just want to point out with that. Now, there were some other things you know that they definitely struggled with early on, and I liked to see that it seemed they made some adjustments later. The first thing that I was really questioning when I even saw it was it was after A.J. Terrell's pass interference call. Um, um, so the ball goes up to the one, and – they throw TJ Green in to play man on man with Mike Evans in, in the red zone. Which it's just an impossible task for TJ Green. I, yeah, I'm not mad at TJ Green at all. It that kind of like we said about Mayfield last week, like you have to put your players in a position to succeed, and that is not putting him in a position to be successful. He was a safety up until last year, and now you're having him come and play against one of the best receivers in the NFL man to man in the red zone. Yeah, that's a tough job for A.J. Terrell, much less mm-hmm. our, what, fourth, fifth corner, T.J. Yeah. Green? I mean, mm-hmm. he's just not ready, and most people aren't, no. to go one-on-one with Mike Evans. There should have at least been some inside help or something. Something, because he, you know, he was on an island out there, and he he struggled. Rightfully so. Yeah. It, like you said, I, it should have been A.J. Terrell, and even A.J. Terrell might not have been able to get the job done. So You also mentioned uh, the pass interference that got them there, and there were some crushing pass interference calls that just anytime you move Brady and the Bucks offense right in inside the five yard line, mm-hmm. you're asking for for points. And I think some of that so so that those were the issues, right? And some of that comes with maybe knowing your personnel a little bit better, putting your players in positions to succeed as far as TJ Green goes. Um, I, I would be willing to bet that 
Dean Pease won't do that again unless he sees something in practice that we are not seeing, but that'll fix it. And then also to having these guys trust themselves a little bit more that PI call on AJ Terrell, like it was almost an uncatchable ball. Yeah. Yeah. He has to trust yeah. that he's in good position. That if, if Brady makes that throw, it's a perfect throw. Yeah. And he was, he was in great position. He just like seemed like he panicked. So just kind of getting him to trust himself a little bit more. Those are some of the growing pains that we're going through. I mean, it's Terrell's second year. It's brand new, new, de- new, new defense, system, yeah. yeah, new, new everything. So it's just there's going to be some growing pains. We knew that. We just hoped there wouldn't be this many, but luckily it seems like there's a little less this week. One guy who was on the field a lot, who I'd like to see a little more from, is Stephen Means, and I think some of it is he got put in this, some situations like a lot. He was in coverage a lot which I know we didn't bring him here to sit in coverage necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like that's not necessarily where he's the most comfortable. So I think that that might've been tough, but his pass rushing also wasn't necessarily the best either. I, I really liked what I saw from Marlon Davidson and Ed mm. uh, Ogundeji. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd like to see them get some more playing time over him. And like I said, I don't know that it's ne- not necessarily him being terrible. It just, I, I saw some flashes from some other guys that I'd like to see play out a little bit more. Yeah, and, you know, we love Stephen Means here on the podcast. He's a, a Falcons Drip follower. Um, he's also, too, <clears throat> he's also too won Man of the Year awards, you know, Walter Payton Man of the Year awards. He's an awesome teammate. He's an awesome person. He does a lot of great things for the community. And, and we'll just call, call it how we see it. Like, Stephen Means wasn't brought in to come in and be a 10-sack guy, right? Stephen Means right. is a great He's a great rotational defensive end. He's great at stopping the run. So his highest sacks numbers in the season was three, which was last year. So, you know, he's a great rotational guy. I, I think he's put in a tough spot again, like, to be successful. We don't – you don't want Stephen Means being your one of your pass rush specialists. So how can we fix that? Going back to what we had said before, like, I'd love to see Michael Walker getting more looks. Michael Walker, you know, Michael Walker is much better dropping into coverage. Michael Walker is much faster. He's much more explosive. Um, he might not be as big and as stout against the run, but there's no reason why he can't be out there and provide some pass rush and, you know, just more flexibility in the defense. Yeah, and the Falcons actually did a good job against the run uh, this past week. I mean, Tampa Bay rushed for 80-some yards and had a decent average of like four and a half-ish. But the yeah. if if Tampa Bay is gonna beat you, try and stop the pass. Like that's how they're gonna beat you at the end mm-hmm. of the day. Is it's Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Gronkowski, Antonio Brown. If if we give up some rushing yards, we give up some rushing yards. Like at the end of the day, they scored all their touchdowns throwing the ball. Yep, I couldn't couldn't agree more. Also, too, their their running backs have been known for making mistakes, fumbling, dropping passes, those kinds of things. Like those are the. I want the ball out of tom brady's hands and i want it in somebody else's right so So. if you're gonna try and get them to do that you come out with some of the more pass specialists and try and force Mm -hmm. them to run the ball try and force them Mm -hmm. to do the stuff they're not as good at or at least entice them to try Mm -hmm. and i know again we were talking about the defense a little bit but i I overall think the defense played pretty well they didn't play great but they didn't play great but i don't really and it's sad but i don't really expect them to they need to just do good enough and our offense kind of Again, our offense and special teams put them in bad situations and didn't help them at all. I think they were good enough for us to win 
they were good enough for us to win. Now it's up to the special teams and offense to step up more. Yeah, and in particular, the offensive line still needs to continue getting better. There were some definite struggles. Yes. Mayfield was, was definitely better than he was the week before. but So much better. <laughs> yeah, he was a lot better. And I, I think it's against a better defense too don't forget i mean these two defensive lines are probably two of the top five defensive lines in the nfl yeah and i think it's great that they left him in based on how he played like i think that there had to be a lot of growth i think there's a lot for him to be happy about he definitely had some mistakes but it's we have nobody else who's going to do any better so Mm -hmm. i believe in jalen mayfield and i know i made a post about this before the game i I believe in jalen mayfield i know he can get the job done and he you know He's he's having some growing pains, which is expected. Like I said, he first time playing at guard, first time playing on the left side. Imagine doing other things. Imagine writing writing with your left hand if you're right-handed, and vice versa. It's just it's difficult, especially not doing it for very long. It's and and, and I think the thing that really stinks is like when you lose a guy like Alex Mack, and then Hennessy really seemed to be the one struggling out there. I mean he seemed like he was getting blown off the ball play after play after play after play and Vita Vea was just literally seemed like he was picking him up and setting him down to Matt Ryan's lap yeah and that that was tough to watch and I don't know how that changes necessarily the next week when we have Leonard Williams Mm -hmm. I mean I'd like to think Leonard Williams isn't as bad of a matchup for Hennessy as Vita Vea, who's just big fast strong powerful where Leonard Williams is those things but he's a little bit quicker and a little bit less big and strong yeah well week one we had some some issues with the little bit quicker as well yeah but they're also bigger like Leonard Williams is more of a he's more of like a a three tech where those other guys can really play like they're just massive powerful individuals so yeah we'll see though you know how we fix that is just continue just for first for have our offensive line gel together, have a mesh, continue to have them be able to pick up better, you know, be able to do better in blitz pickups and communicating and understanding where everyone's going to be. And that way they're able to help the interior guys a little bit more. Um, so that would be, that's great. I mean, if they can just keep working on that, that we'll see improvement throughout the entire year, as long as they can just really gel and mesh together. Like I said, the, it definitely looked better from last week. So let's just keep the trend going. But there's still a lot to work on. Yeah, for sure. Um, one other thing, I think everybody, if you're just looking at the box score, you're looking and you see two pick sixes, three picks overall for Matt Ryan. That's abysmal. Like we can't, mm-hmm. can't have that week in, week out. But they're not all his fault. And I think the Buccaneers knew that he was going to be trying to get the ball out quick. I mean, is obviously going to be the game plan after week one when the offensive line couldn't block anything. Mm-hmm. So they were obviously coached up to get their hands in the air. As soon as you saw the arm come back, all they were doing was arm in the air, jumping in the air, doing everything they could to get in the passing lanes because they knew he had to throw it. He didn't have time to do anything else. So yeah. while the scheme protected Matt Ryan and getting the ball out quick, it also made it predictable for the defensive line to make some disruptive plays. So not all Matt Ryan's fault, but that's not necessarily going away if if teams are paying attention to a good way to defend the Falcons right now. Mm-hmm. And Blow up the interior, get your hands up. And there's not much Matt Ryan can do in that situation. He's got a, he's got a tough job. 
So the offensive line needs to get better. And if the offensive line gets better, those issues will die down because Matt Ryan will have more time and they won't be able to spend their, all their time getting in the, the pass lanes. And, you know, both – so two of the passes were batted up into the air by the D linemen. And the third one, Matt Ryan got crushed. It was actually a loop. And Devin White smashed into the – smashed into the guard. When you're looking – when you're talking about this, like, Devin White smashed into the guard, not even trying to blitz, not even trying to go after Matt Ryan. It was almost like a block. And he smashed into the offensive lineman, blocking him into the other one so that – the guard in the center couldn't loop, like neither of them could get around. And when the defensive line looped through, he it was William Golson came through untouched and just crushed Matt. And Matt ended up trying to throw it and get away and make a play. And it ended up being a pick six on, on, on one of those. So just unfortunate. And, and we really got to show up this offensive line. This is something that I've been really banging on the table for. Um, Ferg's really been talking about the pass rush, and we have been able to generate a little bit um, through Dean Pease's schemes. But we got to fix this offensive line. Otherwise, we are going to be in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, because we're basing the whole the whole team identity off the offense, and the offense can't get off the ground until the blocking is there. I mean, they did mm-hmm. a, a very good job with the game plan this week. I was very impressed with how they were able to manufacture a lot of scoring drives off quick passing and runs and a running game off against the best rush defense in the NFL. Yeah. That's a very hard way to try and win a game, but they did a good job of, of scoring. The problem is they got behind early and had to play from behind the whole time. And that's, that's exactly what we didn't want them to have to do. And we, we got to talk a little bit, just like, it seemed like the chain, like, the whole game changed, right? We did a great job stopping them. They got the ball back. We're down by three points. It's twenty-five to twenty-eight. We we. It's just so frustrating. We we stop them. They start to drive. We stop them on, on the fifty. They punt it. An excellent punt by them. Um, they pin us back. We can't get the for convert on third and one, and so we send in the punter. And he punts it for like less than 30 yards. And we just, yeah. it, it just seemed like the whole entire game changed from there. It's deflating. Like mm-hmm. you, you, th- you think, Hey, maybe we can, we can get back in this game. Let's, let's get, get him pinned back as far as we can. And maybe, maybe we can hold him. Maybe we can get him on the next drive. And then they're in scoring position to start basically mm-hmm. the drive. So it's just a tough way to win a game. I mean, that's one of the bad, I guess, from this week. And how do we fix it is we go find a new punter, which we're already on top of, I believe. Yeah, it's, they said they're going to bring punters in for the tri- for tryouts. They said um, when they asked Arthur Smith if uh, Nislak would be back, and he said he does see a world where he's back, but they will be looking at all their options there. It's unfortunate because we did have two punters in front of him who both got hurt. So it, it just is what it is at this point. But we got to find somebody – because that's three, at least three muffed punts in two games. He had a muff punt on, on the first, you know, I think it was the first drive where we we got we stalled out and we punted the ball, and I think that was another thirty-yard punt. And we can't afford to give away any points like that. Unforced errors are the difference in this team being maybe a playoff team and being a bottom five team again. I mean, they're their killer right now and we talked about it last week we said we said when we were talking about this game we said we are not we can win but we cannot afford 
to to make error to have errors and Cameron I call him Ryan Nislak Cameron Nislak he averaged like 39 yards a punt that's terrible yeah it's it's like I said it's those type of things that this is not a team that's going to go out and murder people like they're not going to bury anybody by 30 points like we mm-hmm. you know like we always hope for you always want to be the dominant team so when we know we're going to be playing close games it just it's crushing when you have those mistakes and they turn winnable games into into losses I mean, that was that was the difference in this game was our or our special teams i mean that that's it and it doesn't you know obviously there's other things that that went wrong but that was just a such i mean that was a huge difference then they're they're averaging close to 50 yards a punt and they pinned us down inside the 20 twice which was both like on our five like in our five yard line and our punter can barely punt at 30 yards it's just and, and you're talking about how they pinned us down mm-hmm. when Nislak did have the opportunity to pin them down that bounced clear into the end zone there wasn't mm-hmm. I, I know a little bit football is an odd shape and you don't always know how it's going to bounce but these punters train to be able to pin people down like that and they, how they put the spin on the ball so that it, it bounces straight up slash backwards instead of right through the end zone so it's little things I mean that's a, that's if we'd been able to pin them inside their 10 that's an extra 15 20 yards for Brady to go right mm-hmm. so can't can't give up free yards to Tom Brady Nope. All right, guys. With that, you know, we went over the we went over the Buccaneers game. It was a little deflating at times, but you know, there's a lot of room a lot of room to grow and a lot of optimism here for what we are and what we can become. And you know, if we keep rolling like this, I I still believe I said that we could be a eleven and six team by the end of the season. I still believe that. Um, there's no reason why we can't. We showed we can hang in if we play if we play correctly and we we continue to not make mistakes and capitalize on other teams' mistakes. We can we can hang in there and we can beat some of these great teams. The Buccaneers are arguably the best team in the NFL. You know, obviously I say arguably because there are some other teams. You know, Chiefs, Ravens, but. They're one. They're the they're the upper echelons, and we showed we can beat them. So a lot of good stuff, a lot of hope, and I think that's one thing that Falcons fans at this point are so quick to just kind of throw throw in the towel on is hope, and it's there, guys. We have the ability. We we showed some great things. We're improving week to week. This is a new system, new scheme, on both sides of the ball, new players. We have an ability. We have the ability to turn the ship around, and I still think we could make the playoffs. I think it's doable. I think so if I'm looking at the big takeaways that we talked about, number one, offensive line improvement. Number two, get rid of the unforced errors or at least cut them down a lot. I mean, you're always going to have unforced errors here and there, but cutting them down big time would be huge. And then that makes us a very competitive team. Mm -hmm. Those two things I think are the, the two big things. And as long as we can continue to manufacture a little bit of pass rush, I mean, three sacks against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, that's that's a good day, for especially for this group. Definitely. All right, guys. Well, tune in for – we're going to have one episode early on this week. We'll have one later where we kind of talk about the Giants, and we will be bringing on um, another Giants expert so we can kind of dip down into that.
Again, this is Thon Ray. You guys can follow us at Falcons underscore drip on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Please make sure you subscribe, follow, whatever you need to do to get the alert for our next episode. If you guys enjoyed today, please leave us a review. It always helps us grow. Until then, see you next time. Rise up.